Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Marcel and Ben are here again to have a really quick look back at the speed events from Garmisch for the men, uh, as well as look ahead to what is happening over the next couple of weeks for the World Alpine Ski Championships in Cortina d'Ampetto. Gentlemen, a really tricky setup. Uh, peace conditions and the, and whatnot over in Garmisch, but thankfully we did get some racing underway. Uh, the women had obviously had their uh, had an extra week off that was planned in the schedule, but the men pretty much uh, had, had a tough snow condition outing in Garmisch. Yeah, that looked hard work. Um, pretty much, uh, basically, if your number wasn't in the top five, you didn't appear to stand much of a chance of making a dent uh, on on everyone else. Or you could see all of the top seeds picking very, very early numbers as early as they could uh, to really try and uh, use the best of the conditions uh, and get down before it got to sunbathing temperatures. I felt like the Garmisch crew they have done a pretty amazing job, like getting in, getting it rolling. But obviously, as you said, like, <laughs> especially on the second day, it really got to my head. It was like, oh, it's now number five and actually the race is done. <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny to see for once. Um, but, well, I think that the racetrack is quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a lot going on in that track. And it was still, I mean, it wasn't by any means, like the, the work that Pistas did, like you say, where it was really, really good. And be thankful that we did get two speed events underway in in plus nine plus 10 degree conditions and it had been heavily heavily raining in the um in the days preceding the racing which is why they sort of messed with the schedule slightly to to sort of um give them an opportunity to race but yeah though we uh, had a little look didn't we ben about the the stats the numbers that won both days and three uh five three and one was the podium each day so it just shows that if you weren't in those early bibs you really didn't have a shot um marcel i think out of the three of us you picked up the most points again annoyingly well there's no surprise there i think i've had it (laughs) (laughs) cheeky bastard (laughs) my way onto the first onto the first page again yeah, you're up to what twenty third. So there's still there's still a fair few uh, people scoring some big big points in front of you. Yeah, but it's like I started well, like then I had a bit of a hanger in the middle, and now towards the end I'm showing my my stamina, getting back <laughs> on, the, on the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, well you got eight points. I picked up four. Oh god, I was about to say six, but no, it wasn't six. It was just four. And Ben, you managed to sneak one point in there. I did manage to get in your head slightly about Johan Claret was definitely not uh, quick enough. But we had a couple of people scoring maximum points. David Mills got double right. Jeffrey Gower uh, got it double right. Will Kalman and I think a couple more. Uh, Ted Reese. Um, so some some people did manage to get it all right, where we yet again seem to fall short. <laughs> Frustrating. Anybody else frustrated? Or Charlie Raposa, I managed to miscalculate. I couldn't add up one and one. I and I didn't get to two there. I just got one, and so I put Charlie Charlie Raposo's points down as one. I got a very quick message back saying, "I think you miscalculated. I need that extra point, please." Well, no comment. Uh... But. Um, it would be better for him to get two Volker points than two points on the Predictions League, I would assume. And now uh, I think he's got his priorities right. He's much more interested in what he's doing here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the racing itself, well, the downhill first, Paris continued his return to form 
uh, and has now picked up his first win back uh, since his injury. Uh, Biat Foyts was in second, 0.37 back. Uh, Matthias Meyer was in third, 0.4 off the pace. And then surprisingly to most people, apart from maybe Ben, Max Franz was in fourth, uh, 0.42 back. So firstly, Dominic Paris, he, he pretty much smashed that. That wasn't, you know... That was a seriously good performance being that far ahead on a piece like that in those sort of conditions. And then Max Franz all of a sudden getting towards the major champs and, uh, and pulling it out of the bag. Interestingly with Paris is you wouldn't associate him with being that dominant in conditions like that. Normally you think of Paris as being, you know, the, the guy to go for when it's gnarly and icy, a bit like we talk about with, with Innerhofer from time to time, the, the kind of more aggressive, the conditions, the more aggressive he gets. And, and he seems to be able to hang on and, and power his way out of anything. Um, but he seemed, yeah, he looked in really good touch and maybe coming back from that injury, he's kind of brought a bit more subtlety uh, in, into, into his game because he can't just absolutely hammer the power down at all times. Um, but he looked, he looked really good. Myers, consistency this season has been incredible he's turning almost into like Foyt's levels of consistency where just there's not a speed event where he's not either on or right next to the podium um and Max we, we talked about it last week we said I, I mean I said the speed's there or it's 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 coming back slowly but the, the downside of that is I said on I think it was on our WhatsApp group but probably means he's due another injury because each time he started to look like he's got uh finding his best form is normally when he gets injured I feel like the big, well, slash old dogs are back, aren't they? Like those two Foyts and, and Paris, like who would have thought that three weeks ago that they're smashing the races now? And I feel like with Paris, once he rolls, like you can just see him getting so much speed. Like he doesn't stop. Like even though he might make a couple small mistakes. But, yeah. Well, his technique slash his weight really pulls him down if he's if he keeps rolling and the same with Foyts and Max Franz like that literally saved his bum for for the for the world champs like he will be having a spot now which whether he had one before was very questionable yes yeah interesting Max Franz sort of not necessarily the the prettiest skier on the mountain I think I'd made that comment in our group as well maybe not quite so politically correct way of saying that either um but undoubtedly fast and he was and he showed that form in in training and now he's put that down in the race and before we before we go on the point about him being an you know a relatively not the prettiest skier on the hill um that's you know we've seen plenty of of people that that win whilst not looking great so that's by no means a sort of a reflection on how fast somebody is it's just interesting to see that that uh, the way that he wins is is not necessarily something you see out of a textbook. Maybe it's quite it's quite interesting. I feel like with uh, a lot of the speed guys, the quick speed guys, you see well their technique. Well, they are obviously really good skiers, but because they try and not edge too much, they almost like a bit well going a bit sideways. At least at least it seems like it. But then they're producing so much speed because the more edges you use, the less speed you can produce in a, in a turn, right? So, I mean, depending, obviously, in, in GS, it's different in slalom. But I feel like they're almost trying to not getting too much of an edge angle and just kind of creeping down and just producing more and more speed. Creeping down really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think that's a good, good, good point, Marcel, because it's, 
sometimes it is quite hard when you're watching the speed events to really pick up where speed is being won and lost and obviously having never been any good at speed at all um you know it's slightly different for me than, than watching tech to to fully pick up where sometimes you think someone's made a mistake but it's just an adjustment just at the right time to keep as much speed as they can and other times when you think they're getting a little bit late it's just they're just riding out the speed because they don't if they make an adjustment they know you know they're going to lose a lot more speed than that but yeah it was sorry go on, no i was just going to say yeah because you you do have to make a tactical adjustment sometimes because you you do run into some sections very quickly obviously because you're, you're racing speed but um if you if you mess up sort of the end of a section before a flat the implications of an error like that are huge. So actually, sometimes tactically, you're better off doing, you know, an ugly turn or a drift in or, you know, a real heavy line correction to make sure because that sacrifice in speed because of the long glide sections mean that that's really important to do it like that rather than knife a turn and risk losing sort of four or five, six, seven, eight kilometers an hour through the speed gun on a flat section that you, you, you know, you're in for sort of 10, 20 seconds is huge. So you do see that quite a bit in terms of the super G we saw Kriegmeier managing to really sort of cement his, Super G status, picking up the win, just 17 front hundreds in front of his teammate, Matthias Meyer, managing again, like Ben said, to become, you know, super consistent and pretty much there or thereabouts in every single World Cup speed event so far. And Marco Odermatt, again, picking up another solid result in Super G uh, in third, just less than half a second off the pace, took advantage of having, you know, an early bib number and he just got on with the job in hand. It was an interesting one with Odomats. So I think the night before the race, the uh, I'm not sure if it was a, a reporter or some, someone someone on Twitter from the kind of even Swiss side of things were quite bold with what they said about Odomat. They said when I think when his selection came up, he had one or nine as his choices, and they were like, "This shows just how confident he is." Like a lot of people would have picked nine, so they get to see a few people, see how it's running. He was so sure that the conditions were going to deteriorate uh, pretty much as we, we've discussed in the downhill that he just said, no, one, it doesn't matter if I don't see anyone. I've got an hour to inspect it and those will be the best conditions. And if I go nine, I don't have a chance. And if I go one, I might get a podium and, and it worked out for him. So it shows the kind of level of confidence he's, he's got right now. And he, I think his ski has probably cleaned up quite a lot since last year. Like last year, he had a couple of really wild races in Super G where you were just kind of not quite sure if he was actually going to get to the bottom or not whereas now he looks supremely confident in himself I thought it was a really good really good podium for him yeah I mean he was he was skiing really well taking consideration that he has bit one hasn't seen anyone and has not really skied there before I think that's what it was right it was his first race in Garmisch and picking up the second podium in a row um, is, is pretty incredible and also brings him really close in the overall World Cup like he's only 230 points behind so we might getting um, some excitement in that back as well. But I also feel like it's, it's quite interesting with him to see like that he's getting really good at speed events, but when it comes to the flat parts, he still loses a bit of time. So I would assume that over the next training period during the summer, he will be working on that as well, because he, I think he picked up quite a bit of, of time of, to Kriegmeier and Meyer in that middle section, just before the last flat. He was by far the quickest there, but on top, and the bottom he lost a bit, or maybe the top more than the bottom. So I think this is something he, he will be working on 
and then he will be properly getting into the into the top ranks. And you could see even in the downhill when he came to the finish and Paris was applauding him as well because he knew that was a pretty exceptional skiing into the top 10 on your first garbage downhill. Yeah, he, he, you're certainly right. He's, yeah, starting, you know, it's definitely still Pantero's overall to to um, give away or throw away, if you like. But, um, but Odomat's giving it a bit of a shout. Yeah, it's it's nice to see. But, yeah, if he can clean up those flat sections, and that's a real skill, and that's a skill, I think, being quick on the flats is something that uh, is, is quite tricky because it's not something like it's not an easy adjustment to make to be able to run a really really flat ski I mean it sounds it might sound really stupid but actually to run a flat ski a properly flat ski at speed is a real skill not only a, a skill sort of technically but also mentally and sort of the risk that goes into running a really really flat ski means that you know you're liable if, if your weight changes slightly with a flat ski those edges can bite and you, you, you know, you make silly error, you know, make a, a big sort of error edge catch and, and you can be done really quickly. Um, so those sort of improvements for him are going to be uh, coming over the, over the summer months. And he's going to be learning from people who are the best, you know, like, like Foyts who can glide like anybody, you know, sort of thing. The overall titles for the disciplines for super G and downhill, Nick fellows, uh, on Eurosport was talking quite a lot about the fact that the Norwegian races, the Norwegian speed races in Kvitfjell are up a little bit up in the air in terms of international travel uh, and the like. So whether, you know, we're hoping that we get more races and then the finals, but if we don't be at Foyts leads the uh, downhill standings by just under 50 points over Matthias Meyer. And then it's uh, Dominic Paris quite a way back. So it's sort of a two horse race there, if you like. Uh, and in the super G we've got Vincent Kriegmeier 101 points ahead of Matthias Meyer, who is in second. And then Kavietzel, Maro Kavietzel, that is, is still uh, in third place, who is 120 odd points behind. So the, it's not all over because because I think Kriegmeier had a relatively slow start to the season in terms of picking up some decent points, but um, Kriegmeier is certainly in form right at the right part of the season. So it's a, it's a pretty um, it's going to be pretty interesting, especially if we lose races towards the end of the season. I think Meyer must be gutted because he has such a good season and he's still behind Beard fights. Like he just creeps creeps up the red kicks and is leading again after winning it three times in a row. That is just unbelievable. Yeah, I think that shows the the value of just outright winning races because I think yeah. I was looking at Foyt's performances prior to that Kitzbühel double and he'd only had one podium and he got like third in, in Val d'Isère, but his other two results were sixth and tenth, so he was nowhere. And those two wins just shot him straight to the top. Obviously, without Kilda being there, there's no, you know, there's, there's other people there that would normally be picking up some of those points, but... It's, it's really shot him to the top, whereas Meyer's never been far away. But obviously those thirds, when you're only picking up like 60-odd points, it shows that the difference that really those extra couple steps on the podium make for you in, in, the, in the overall season standing. So I, I, I probably expect the other side of the world champs, Meyer, to maybe throw a bit of caution into the wind in those last couple of races if, if they have them and just go, right, this this is this is it if i don't win i can't win the globe and i don't really want to come third in the in the standings yeah absolutely i feel like depending on obviously the quid field races if they're not going to be happening that's going to be 
it's going to be a shame. Um, but I feel like the commute field races are more for downhill people um, who are very, very good at downhill. And then you have the finals in Switzerland in Lenzerheide, which is basically just steep from top to bottom. <laughs> it's very uncharacteristic. Um, so that could be playing in, in Meyer's favor, maybe a bit, um, if, I, if I may just throw that out there. Yeah. Um, so that could be really, really interesting to see. Yeah, see if Odomat enters that one if there's no flats to worry about just <laughs> yeah, speak the whole way down we'll be winning that one you'd hope that if if um Kvitfjell say you know in the Norwegian government or whatever I assume it would be the, the government it would be a government call if they do say that they can't race I really hope that there are going to be a venue that will step in I remember Marcus Valdner talked about it when he was on the podcast right at the beginning of the season before we kicked off with the winter and he was saying that they have got backup venues ready to go for you know depending on what happens in terms of not being allowed and not being allowed and and let's see if you know hopefully that is one that they've got a backup for but then with it being so close to the end of the season and obviously there's been lots of changes through the pandemic as well as you know you know we're very lucky to have got pretty much the whole season done without any issues in, in terms of the pandemic you know all the races that were scheduled to be on have pretty much been made up apart from Vengen I think Vengen downhill that they're still looking to try and squeeze back in the calendar. I think that's the only one that we're missing that we should have had come the uh, sort of beginning of the season. So let's, that you know, I hope they don't go, well, we've had a good run and we'll just, you know, we'll just miss those. Uh, you know, as a ski racing fan, I really hope that they've, that something is in, if, in place. If I was part of that Vengen race committee, I would be looking at that Kvitfell weekend and just being like, okay, well, let's, you know, Get the get the piece ready and have it ready in the background because it was a very last minute cancellation of Vengen and it would feel really weird having a season without a a, a Vengen downhill. So if they could throw that in at the last minute, that would be an awesome one. If if you can't have Kutfield, that would be brilliant. Just be like, oh, we found a we found a substitute resort. It's Vengen. Yeah, it's Vengen. <laughs> Boom. But also the Austrians, like, come on, they always like, oh, actually, we have some races here. Can you? We have some resorts who want to do. Some <laughs> they always. Yeah. Whenever there is a cancellation, the Austin's like, oh, we can do it. Hey, here. Yeah. <laughs> Just jumping around in the background <laughs> with a hand Greg in the air. Like, he literally, once he hears about the cancellation, he picks up the phone, calls the face, like, I have a rate, I have a really good resort for you guys. Let's do it there. <laughs> yeah, would you need slaloms downhill if we do anything? Like yeah, well, what do you need? Oh, we can do the finals as well, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Um, should we take a quick look at what we're going to expect over the next couple of weeks at the world champs in Cortina d'Ampezzo in terms of from the podcast perspective um, we are going to be running a mini league for the predictions league so these points do not count towards the league that's been running all winter so it's a separate entity for the world championships Marcel has very very kindly said that he would donate a world cup bib to the winner of the mini league and so it'll run exactly like the other races um you'll have to go to www.theskiracingpodcast.com to put in your picks um i will also be sending out an email to those of you that have signed up to receive emails uh, with the schedule and when we're going to open picks as in terms of you know when when each set of picks is going to go live and when they're going to close just to try and make it a little bit more simple because it is coming thick and fast um 
And so make sure you don't miss it. We're going to put it out on social media as well. So keep an eye on social media and also on your email inboxes. If you haven't signed up to the website, make sure you do that so that you don't miss anything. And the only other rule that I came up with, because I can, is <laughs> that Marcel is not allowed to choose Alexi Pantero for any races. Are Best rule ever. Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> so the rules for this is going to be everyone can choose whoever they want, because I want to have like some expert results in here and I want to win my own hip. <laughs> no, no, I was just joking. You can you can pick Pantro for everything. You either have him for nothing or all of them. Those are the, the those. <laughs> I'd rather pick him for all of them then. <laughs> but actually, he's not skiing the parallel I saw on the on some news or whatever, which is which I thought was quite odd. But so saw on some news or heard from your dad? I'm not from my dad. I, I saw it on a newspaper in Austria. They said that he's not skiing the parallel event because it's too much of a tight schedule yeah it is a br it is brutal so we've got coming up so today is sunday the first race is tomorrow which is monday and i think between monday the 8th of february and the last race is sunday the 21st of february there is one two there are three days where there are no competitions those and those races those days have got speed training runs in there apart from Monday the 15th of Feb. So it's a brutal schedule. If you're if you're somebody like Pantero or an Odomat or a Loic Mayar who's looking to ski in, you know, the, probably the best part of well, everything. Six, 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 six or seven events, you know, it's, it's a pretty hectic schedule. So, yeah, I think it's probably a good decision to, to sort of pick and choose slightly and stuff that does, you know, you deem less important or more important in terms of from a, either your own perspective or a team or a sponsorship perspective. Yeah. And also you think of how many runs that parallel takes out of you. And we saw earlier in the season, how exhausted Vlahova was after winning that. She won the two slaloms the week before, then straight into the parallel. She was doing her videos in the airport, just looking completely exhausted. And, and Pantra and Christofferson going all guns blazing in the final. It's, it, you know, if you've got to race the next day and the day after that, you, the toll on your legs is, is probably really going to add up after a while. So although you want to see the best people in, in all the races, if you're, you know, competing across five or six events, maybe you do need to sit out that parallel. And uh, it's, it's a tough decision to make. But, you know, if I was a dad myself, I'd probably be pretty happy as well, not having to keep doing skis all day and all night long yeah, while the parallel yeah, the, is going on. Yeah, the parallel, where you've got like four pairs ready or something like that, and then plus having to redo them between runs anyway. So, and yeah, then you not... have the GS the next day. I think that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could just imagine Pantro finishing the first round to be like, these skis are working really well, so just keep taking these ones. I don't want any of these other 17 pairs you prepared. <laughs> but, that is, but that is a thing in, in those disciplines, isn't it? Like parallel, is such a strain on everyone, on the races, on the servicemen, on, on the people watching it as well, because you don't even know where you are. It's a, it's a very tricky form, and I think we have to get used to that. Absolutely. Um, so... What are you? What are you, you know? What are your highlights going to be in terms of what you're most looking forward to seeing uh, over the next fortnight or so? Dave winning the slalom. Straight to the point. Like it. Done. Can't wait to see that. Come on, Dave. Yeah, just do it. We've been smashing the predictions league. Now it's world champs time. Yeah, annoyingly, he has just taken over the lead. Um, it back. He's retaken the lead in the predictions league. So. Uh, 
I can... think if Dave wins the World Champs slalom and ski racing, Boris is going to open up the pubs again. <laughs> I mean, no pressure, Dave, but win the World Champs. <laughs> I want to go to a pub. I'm uh, well, apart from looking forward to all of it, obviously. I am looking forward to seeing, obviously, the men's speed because I think the it's going to be so tight in terms of who's going to come out and if Paris can stick it on the podium. But I'm also really looking forward to seeing the women's GS. I think we've seen quite a lot of good performances recently on the ladies' side of things. Um, and it would be nice to... It'd be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the likes of Lahova and Bassino and whether Schifrin's going to, you know, tap back into top gear and and those sort of races and Tessa Worley coming towards the end of her career not saying that she's going to retire but in terms of like you know she's got how many more world champs has she got in her does she want to you know it's a good opportunity she's skiing well do we know what uh events Schifrin's skiing yet or is this going to be a player by ear from from her team I haven't seen I haven't seen her put anything online um and she's yet to email in the podcast so I know, Michaela, you're a big listener to the pod, so just email us in, let us know. Don't forget to put in your predictions as well. <laughs> you can get one of my bibs, Michaela. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely going to be on her priority list. Marcel, what about you? Well, I'm always liking the women's and men's downhill. Um, then the women's and men's GS. And oddly, I'm quite excited to see the Super Combined because we haven't seen any of this this year. So I'm always feeling, even though not many people like the Super Combined, I think it's always a good kind of um, measurement who is the best overall skier, not, not the best overall skier, but who has like the ability to do speed and slalom. So there, it's going to be really close this year because if you look at the likes of Mayar and, and Pintero and like those kind of people in, in the men's race, and then you have the woman like Schifrin or Vlahova, and then uh, Giesin, like all those girls. So I think it's going to be actually a lot tighter than it would have been in other years. So I'm, I'm quite excited for that. Nice. It's also good. That one's also going to be quite fun because we just haven't had one this year. Like normally we'd have had one or two, whereas this year they've said the only place they're doing it is the World Champ. So you've not seen anyone have to swap skis on the same day. So it'd be quite, quite fun Ma- to Matthias see. Matthias Meyer won the... Not, was it, it wasn't the last one, was it? It was the penultimate one, wasn't it? When he won in... In Bormio, yeah, when he managed to hold on, hold on to win through a slalom leg, because they'll be running that um, that start list, so the quickest from the downhill will get to go first in the slalom. So it's going to be also, one. One interesting thing more for the men's side is that none of them have ever. Well, they might have skied there in training or whatever, but none of them had ever had a race on it. No. And it's it's going to be completely new track for the speed races. I don't know. Like it, it seems like it might be more on the flatter side. So could mix up things quite well there um as usual as per usual on the world champs you never know who's gonna win really um so that's also quite exciting i think i'm just praying for some good snow like cold weather good snow and let's you know it would be it's frustrating to see world cups or any any racing decided on a on your bib um, so let's, I'm really hoping that we just get some some solid race conditions. We had some of those a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, granted, the last couple have not necessarily been the most even across the field, but let's hope that that is uh, that that's going to come up. Yeah, Ben, you got something to add before we start? To I was just grinning, thinking of uh, uh, Paris 
if he's going to do the uh, the combined. And I've watched him ski slalom. It's hilarious. I actually, I, I was speaking to Dave. Slalom. Yeah, I was speaking to Dave riding the other day, um, and I tried to goad him into doing the into doing the alpine combined because then you'd get. I was like, you could just do that, and then you get to race on the slalom hill. Good bit of training. I know that you like speed. You like to think you go fast, uh, but he, he was having none of it. It's like you could just do it on your, you know, you could just do loads of turns. You could stick those long skis on, do some extra turns in there, come down, get a shot at the slalom hill. Just starting 65th in the slalom. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, you know, that, yeah, fair point. But maybe he was right to not to not uh, be goaded into that one. I would um, was it, it would it would have actually been a deal for him. I mean, how much time can he lose on a downhill? Well, he probably could quite a bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> you can also make up a, a bit of time in the slalom. You wouldn't get a medal, really speaking. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> right, should we go to some picks? Yes. <sighs> now, right, so you, you'll be pleased to know that um, I go first. You don't go first, but uh, no, you'll be pleased. You'll be pleased to know that for us, for just for this, there are no rules on doubling up in terms of. You know, Ben's going to say Pantro, so you can't say Pantro. So you, you'll be pleased to know that you've got free reign to decide on whoever you want to actually win. I would be so pissed if I couldn't. Because I <laughs> next weekend and now on Sunday, the podcast, I would be actually fuming. <laughs> um, and you don't want to make Marcel angry. <laughs> so, so the first race that we're seeing is on Monday and it is the Alpine combined. It's a Super G Alpine combined for the men and the women. Um, so would you love, I mean, Marcel, we know who you're going with, so do you just want to get it out of the way? You're just going to crack on with your thoughts for the Alpine combined for the women. Before I say something, I want to say sorry to my boss, because I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to watch more ski racing than I work over the next two weeks. Um, so just to get that out of the way. And for the Alpine. I don't listen to the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm not quite sure. He's not very <laughs> But if he somehow comes across it and listens to it, I'm really sorry. I promise you I'll get my best for the rest of the time. Um, I'm going to go with Michelle Giesen. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like, I like the sound of that. Uh, ben, what about you? See, Giesen was on my list. Um, I guess the big question is, is Schifrin going to be racing in it? But the way she's skied in GS, I don't know if she's going to be the same force in Super G that she normally would be. Otherwise, she'd be nailed on. Um just, I mean, I know we're allowed to pick the same people, but it just doesn't feel right. So um, I'm going to go for one of the, uh, I guess, next best Swiss option of uh, Wendy Holdner. Sandy Wendy. Sandy Wendy, yeah. She was, I, I mean, she's podiumed a whole bunch of times in combined and she's always been there or thereabouts. I think that last couple slalom results started to show her getting back to her best. I'm not sure what her speed's been like so far this year. I know she skied into some nets and gave herself a fat lip the other week but um you know by the sounds of it it's going to be more gliding based rather than icy and bouncy so uh yeah i'll say i'll say sendy wendy i was thinking gissin because she's obviously got good speed pedigree and she's obviously been ripping in slalom but then i was thinking about how quick vlahova was the other day in speed but i just don't know what vlahova's going to do i mean she's had a week off I'm going to go Vlahova. I'm going to I go. Don't want, I don't want to take you off your 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 prediction here, but the Swiss men and women they have a history of winning medals in the Super Combine at the World Champs. 
in definitely just just to point that out i mean <laughs> i'm not gonna buy it. i'm not doing it don't <laughs> stop it stop it okay so ben, it's, gonna be, those... it's gonna be snowy tomorrow as well oh is it yeah. lovely lovely uh, um, any, anyone particularly good in bad weather <laughs> well i hope none of them is wearing glasses because that's always an issue what wearing glasses or ha- not having like a bad a bad vision it's not good Oh, what, re- re- actual glasses underneath your goggles? Well, you don't, like, <laughs> not Eddie the Eagle. That's only Eddie the Eagle, but I mean, it's tough if you have <laughs> <laughs> if you're wearing lenses and you have snowy conditions, like that is definitely a disadvantage. But hey, just pointing that out quickly. Getting off the rails again, sorry. You, you got way off, way off topic. <laughs> Wait, you, do you work for a glasses company or so spec savers or something? <laughs> well, I'm wearing glass. My, I probably should have worn some lenses when I was skiing. I couldn't. I could barely see anything. <laughs> uh, okay, the, been the, on the podium when you can't see. That's not. Yeah, that's not, that a, bad, that's not a bad claim to have. My vision, my vision declined. I always say this is the reason why I couldn't do it anymore. But it's just a lie. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next race is on Tuesday the 9th and it's the men's and women's Super G I believe is what I've got down um, the Super G for the women Ben would you like to kick us off you can probably guess who I'm picking for this it's going to be Laura Guparami yeah uh, and I, same same for me and I'm pretty sure same for Marcel actually am I speaking out of turn Marcel actually um I would have, I would have. I, I don't think the intro is racing in the women's super team. I would have loved to say Gorgia, but she's not there, which is so annoying. I think, I think she would have been really good on this course. Um, You're not showing some Austrian love to Mara Tipler, a couple podiums. I hope she's getting a medal, but um, I, I have to go with Lara Gucci. She's in such good form. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be really difficult for anybody in the form that she's in, especially without a Gorgia, to, to sort of yeah, push her all the way. What's what's Marcel going to win if he does win this? Are we are we just going to give him his own bib? Well, I've got some other bits and pieces, but I'm yet to sort of line up something as as good as Marcel's race bib. Yeah, I mean, he could have one of mine if he wants. The... I was going oh, to say, do you reckon we could get Charlie to donate one that we could give to Marcel? <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> I would. I'd like to see the Instagram video of him signing it over to you. <laughs> I'd probably pay to see that actually to be fair he has all of all of his different sponsors <laughs> first mentioned them and then signing it and then sending it over to me yeah um okay men's super g marcel what are you saying on current form you would say Kriegmeier or meyer but i think i think i go for Odermatt. okay Ooh, that's the I, you know what? This pick is probably gonna take like take me on another level. When you guys st- stick to like five, six points, and I'll be then on twelve or thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. That's what. That's what's gonna. Is this the me. difference? Is this where yeah. those extra points come from? Yeah, definitely. That's what I was thinking this weekend. I got one point. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just watch. Oh wait. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna go Odomat, Ben. Um. So, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna go uh, Matthias Meyer. He's the, he's he's Mister Championships, isn't he? When when the stage is at its biggest, that's normally when he comes to play. So I'm gonna say Matthias. Yeah, Matthias Meyer. I'm. Mm, 
I, I was going to say that, but I'm, I'll, I'll go to the other person who was on the podium. I'm going to go Kriegmeier then. I, I do, I like, the reason I was thinking Meyer is the consistency and the fact that he does bring it on the, you know, big game day world, like major championships. But at the same time, Kriegmeier is leading the Super G overall. And so yeah, arguably he's more consistent in terms of picking up big points. So <clears throat> tricky. Tricky, but I think that's the way that uh, that I'm going to go with. So Kriegmeier for me. Uh, and then the final race that we will be previewing for this uh, episode is going to be the men's Alpine combined. Again, a Super G Alpine combined. Um, and what are your thoughts? I mean, do we, do we even need to ask? Well, I think I've already, I've already written it down on my notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've already put Pancho down for myself. I'm going to predict the podium. I say it's Pintero and then Mayar and then Luca Ernie. Okay. You're only getting points for one. Yeah, you tell him. You tell him. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Pintero. I'll just, just, I think that's Luca Ernie is probably going to make a medal. He's, he's in really good form and Mayar as well. The, the other person I mentioned that Ed pulled a funny face at when I said it uh, was Mufa uh, uh, um because he's been putting on the, the, the long boards a bit recently. So I thought he might be someone battling it out for that third third spot if, if Pantro and, and, and uh, Mayo do what we think they're going to do. Yeah, I think that third spot, you know, that third spot on the podium is right up for grabs. The people that you're talking about, you're all talking about tech skiers picking up one, two and three. Um, but do you think, so are you guys thinking that no, that it isn't going to be a, an event for, the downhillers or the super, you know, the speed skiers to pick up any sort of podium. The problem is because it's a it's a super G, and it's not a downhill. I think. But it's it is again trying to make sure I'm staying on the right side of political correctness. It's a women's World Cup event, which means that it's not quite as steep. So, surely. I mean, I th I'm going to go with similar picks to you guys, but just for argument's sake, you know, in theory, it's going to be more of a, a glidey type of super G than a you know than a than a, a steep, icy, technical super G. Or do, you, do you just not think that's going to matter? Really, you think that the tech guys are too quick? One of the people who's normally enjoys these combines is 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 Kilda. Um, he likes putting the short boards on and has competed quite well previously in combines but obviously he's not there Paris hasn't been skiing as well in super g to get the kind of lead you'd normally expect it'd be interesting to see who ends up setting because you could imagine the depending on the coach the super g could end up with a just a very very gs feel to it um it, no matter how flat the course is it would just be just giant arced turns to try and like give it to those tech guys but obviously if it's you know paris's coach setting it it will look a lot more like a downhill but yeah i'm, I'm trying to think of who those speed guys are well, matthias, I don't know. matthias meyer i mean we talked about it earlier like he he won a i mean yes it was a, a event in bormio a couple of years ago but he, he, you know, he is going to be racing Alpine combined and he's won a World Cup Alpine combined before and he's obviously very quick at Super G and he'll be going early in the slalom. Um, you, you, you picking it? No. If you're going to get all up there in the no, 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 speed, just, guys, speed no, no, guys, speed I'm guys. Just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking. I don't, you know, I'm, my pick is um, Luke Mayar. I think Mar Marco Schwartz could also be a good pick. Yeah. Good is shot. he any good at Super G? 
yeah, he's yeah. been struggling in GS, and I haven't seen much of him in Super G. So the thing, the thing why I think it's more for slalom races is because you, if you get a downhill, you have a lot more gliding, a lot more like time to take time off a slalom skier. But in Super G, it's usually a bit more closely bunched. I don't know how the slalom is. If it's like really flat, I probably. Well, it's maybe easier for the speed skiers, but they won't take enough time, I would assume, yeah. from, from a slalom skier. And I mean, <laughs> the likes of Mayara and Pintor, they don't usually lose much time on the on the speed skis. Well, you, you um, sorry, Ben, you've got, well, you talked about with the speed guys, you, the Super G stuff, yeah, it, it might just be too much time on the edges. And we talked about how difficult gliding it is actually, so that maybe, maybe those guys don't get a shot at, being quick enough you know get building up a lead before they get onto those slalom skis if it would be like a wing and full-blown downhill you you could probably think that meyer gets like three seconds off those guys or more sec or more and that he could make it up or they couldn't make it up in slalom anymore but the super g realistically is like 120 or whatever it is maybe even less going to be really tricky to take a lot of time of them specifically because they all have good bibs because it's after super uh super combined ranking so they won't like start out of top 30 or whatever marco schwartz did his knee actually racing in bansko was that an outright super g or was that an alpine combined that he did his knee in out there that was an alpine combined i think yeah so and, and i'm pretty sure he was did he was he winning that one he was certainly he's certainly been very quick in an alpine combined before it's whether he can find that form. And also it's whether, I don't actually know if he's start. Marcel, do you know if he's actually starting the Alpine combine? Because like we talked about, the schedule is yeah, know, slalom, GS, he'll be doing, he'll be definitely, I would assume he'd be definitely doing the parallel. And it depends on how the Austrians treat the the uh, team parallel because, you know, they don't always well, sort of I, give that priority. I haven't heard like an official confirmation, but he will, 99.9%, he will be skiing that race because he is, he is a good speed skier. Like he has the ability to ski down a super G and not lose like a ton of time. And then obviously the best slalom skier right now. So they must, they do must let him ski and will be yeah. letting him ski. What's what's uh, what's Creekmire like on short skis? He's actually he was so good. Like when we were when we were younger, he was a really good slalom skier. Like he comes from GS and slalom. Well, not slalom that much, but he he can definitely ski slalom. Well. <laughs> I just know it's ever seen it. <laughs> I mean, he's not a best slalom skier, probably a lot better than we all are together. But I just don't think it's it's made for a, for a speed skier, a super combined when it's with a super G and not very long. And I don't know. I mean, as I well, know. I've seen a couple where the slalom's been quite short as well, where they've tried to even yeah. it up a little bit. There's a couple where the slalom's been like 35 seconds, and you're like, oh, okay, this might actually be a bit closer. Mm. So yeah, be interested to see how long that is. Yeah, it might be the one from Bormia the other year. I think it would be just fair because on a on a minute slalom as a downhill skier you can lose like five seconds or four seconds easily, but you never pick up you never pick up four seconds on a on a shortened speed that, race. like one ten like that's just impossible. You would if I was doing the speed race. You pick up about a minute on me. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, anything else to add before we before we duck out? Oh, I guess. Well, I did. Did I pick? I didn't pick anyone. I, I thought you picked Pantero. Sorry. No, it was Marcel. All right. <laughs> I'm so going to pick from... him as well, though. Uh, and you said Mayer, did you? Yeah. Okay. And you're going who? Pantero? I will now. You said it. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I, I, I think the safer money is to go with Pantero because consist. You know, 
more often than he won't, he'll put those two runs down together. I think Loic Mayer's got definitely the skill set to mix it with him on the right day for him, but the right day for him probably comes less often than the right day for Pantero. But I, I kind of he had a really good super G today. Uh, or no, on on Saturday, sorry, yeah. in Garmish, uh, Mayer did he came seventh? So he's he's done it recently enough to to kind of keep it in your in your in your mind and yeah. he's he's just a beautiful skier as well his biggest problem is normally consistency so um he was on he was on my list uh of, of possibles but i think i'm going to stick with with, with pantrino um yeah, cool. and now marcel we'll see what happens when you get ben's curse on your favorite skiers <laughs> <laughs> right gentlemen uh, just before we go to remind people that uh, you need to get onto the website to get those picks in. Like I say, if you haven't already subscribed to uh, receive information, make sure you do so that you'll get the reminders to to add your picks in. So they'll be live as of this afternoon. Uh, the next podcast we'll put out will be Wednesday evening, following Alpine combined, uh, so we can then preview the downhill for the men's and the ladies. There'll also be uh, an Instagram live for people to do their picks uh, live with us on Instagram. So. That is going to be Thursday evening, UK time. Again, keep your eye on social media for all the details for that. We'd love to see people coming in and joining us and telling us why they think we are wrong or they are right or why they decide to pick uh, the winners and give us some help because we very rarely do. (laughs) Gentlemen, uh, until next time, goodbye for now.